everyone. Welcome to another episode with Girls with Dogs. I am here with my dear friend, Kathy, the blogger behind Groovy Golden Doodles, and I forgot to introduce myself. I'm Kimberly, the blogger behind Keep the Tail Wagging, and we are Girls with Dogs. How you doing, Kathy? For a second, I kind of chuckled because I thought we were only audio, and I said, well, why is she like raising her hand and waving and saying, and I'm Kimberly, like this was a class, but we are video, so that's good. Um, I'm doing okay. I'm I'm doing okay. I um more good days, more yeah. good moment. So um yeah, I'm I'm doing okay. Yeah. 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 I went I went to a uh, the Arlington Street Fair this morning and picked up a mushroom go- grow kit and a microgreens grow kit. So, I'm going to grow some mushrooms and some microgreens. Well, uh, speaking of mushrooms, a little PSA, I do have my products. I don't know if you could see them. Can't see them. Yeah, it's hard when you use the screen. They I know. Now screen. I can see them. Yeah, yeah. I got my five defenders and um, the immune shoes. My pet shoes. And I think I'm going to start doing what you did. And that is giving the um, immune shoes as a treat. Hmm in the evening, but they're both pretty much for um, immune health and strengthening. Yeah. I don't know if I need to do both the capsules and the, the shoes. I bought the capsules for myself and then I gave the immune shoes to, to my dogs. Um, the five defenders for yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. About the human version, which the, uh, they say that they're pretty much the same. So um, I bought the that for myself and I take that, I take two every day. Um, and I'm thinking about getting, um, well, I really like the chews. I mean, I like the idea of adding a supplement, but I just don't like giving my dogs pills if I don't have to. And there's already pills that they have to take. So, or at least Rodrigo has to take. And um, so I just don't want to do more. And so well, I decided to that, stick with the chews. Clearly advertised as a immune supplement. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's the two. Yeah. The one is um they keep talking about immune strength. Yeah. So I don't know. Um no, to me they're the same a, thing. They're they both support the immune system. This is what? the dog and the cat on the label. So I, I'd be a little concerned about ingesting it myself. I'm just being honest. You should compare the ingredients because the ingredients are all the same. Yeah, that's what you say. <laughs> you'll be thinking something wrong with me. Um, I kicked the dogs excited. out of. I kicked the dogs out of here, but they were able to open the door and found their way back in here. <laughs> Oh, I'm sure. I am sure. Okay, so now um, we have are two you people. Excited about I am. To... All right. All right. Well, let them in. Okay. Well, before I let them in, let me go grab a drink real quick. Okay. So we're taking a commercial break. <laughs> My bad. Now I know how you are about editing, mm-hmm. but you have to edit that part because I did not talk for you. I was chewing on some um, cheddar bunnies. Okay. No problem. I'm letting them in. 
Ah, dang. Well, do you want me not to let him in? Well, I'm worried. I'm worried because I finished chewing. Well, I know, but I'm I'm getting a really bad connection with you, and so I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to rush it so before I just lose you all together. Let him in. Oh, Jenna, what's going on, girl? Yes, you're muted. Hi, Kelly. Hi. How are you? Good. How are you? Oh, good. <laughs> Nervous a little bit. Can you hear me? How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. 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 So, Jen Kelly, the other person that's grinning from ear to ear, my co-host Kimberly um, from her blog, Keep the Tail Wagging. So, this is going to be fun, fun, fun. Um, <laughs> But for those of you who are listening, we got so excited that we didn't even tell you who was coming on. So I have to tell you that I have Jenna and Kelly from Jenna Lee Designer Doodles. It is a um, a doodle breeder here in South Carolina that when I first moved, everybody continued to ask me um, where should they purchase a doodle from. And I'm so cautious and particular about representing a breeder that I don't know. But I stumbled across Jen and started stalking her, actually, <laughs> because it was something about her website that I really, really enjoyed and I liked. And I, let me just see. And then when I finally did reach out to her, she was like, oh, my God, I've been stalking you. So we've been stalking <laughs> each other for years. And I am happy to say that I am proud to use her as a reference when people want to have a a doodle, whether it's a sheep of doodle or a golden doodle. Um, I always send them to Jenna, especially if on the southeast side of the world. Um, Kimberly has been obsessed with golden doodles since she met Harley and Leo yeah. back 12 years ago. And she's always wanted to get into the controversy of the doodle. And I used to say, look, <laughs> my life is stress-free. I don't need anybody being angry with me. I have a very p-rated g-rated um website i just like to keep it light fluff you know but um so she's excited because now she gets to ask all the questions that she's ever wanted to ask um but today we're going to talk about the importance of good breeders um i want to dive a little bit into um having you and kimberly go at it because she's got so many questions and all the thing that she knows is her relationship pretty much with me and my doodles. And then okay. Kelly is coming from such a phenomenal space of her medical background, which I was very, very impressed um, in the pediatric speech world, her love for dogs and that she's a dog trainer and how now together with Jenna Lee, you all are actually taking some of your pups, hanging on to them for their prospective pet parents and taking them through the necessary steps, not only puppy training, but getting them ready to do either therapy work or be a service dog um, before their certification. So I think that that's incredible in itself. So Kimberly, I'm going to let you go through the entire alphabet and ask Jenna anything you want. (laughs) And I feel so unprepared because I don't have any questions. Oh, well, I feel unprepared too, so we can be unprepared <laughs> together. <laughs> so I guess we can just start. We can just start with why doodles. Why did I breed doodles instead mm-hmm. of something else like an AKC breed? 
Yeah. Well, I actually grew up breeding labs. So that was like kind of really like my first love. And when I say breeding, it was like not a professional endeavor. It was like my parents had to, and they were from the country. So they like just let us have litters like once or twice a year. But then um, when I got married, my husband's actually allergic to dogs. And so, you know, and I had kind of decided like when I was like in kindergarten, my mom has like pictures and stuff from like (laughs) when I was in kindergarten, it was like, I want to be a dog breeder. So I decided I wanted to be a dog breeder like long ago. Um, And I actually got derailed and stuck in, I was in the music industry for a while, got out of that. And then I was like, I can go back to my first love of doodles um, or not my first love of doodles, but of breeding. That was like kind of what I always wanted to do. So, um, I couldn't breed labs very well with like a husband that is allergic to dogs. Cause I don't know, it ended up being them or him probably. And so, um, we had to find something that was going to be hypoallergenic that was going to work for him. Um, and I'd also worked at the vet at the time. And so I had had a lot of, um, interaction with different types of doodles. Um, and I loved all of them, but I kind of got to see the spectrum of like, you know, they have all kinds of doodles now. It's like the St. Bernard doodle and the St you know, I don't even know. People call me all the time and are like, ask me about doodle types, but, um, I just kind of like got to see the spectrum and what I thought I liked the most. Um, and I, to me, the labradoodles were a little bit overly bouncy for me. I wanted something calmer. Um, cause my husband didn't really grow up with dogs. So I just went with the golden doodles cause they were like the best of all the worlds. I kind of thought, so, um, that's kind of a long answer, but that, that's like oh. how I sort of got into the doodles. That's awesome. So are they truly hypoallergenic? Because I hear from people, some people say, well, I can have them and I'm allergic to dogs. And other people are like, no, that's a myth. That's not actually the case. Yeah, I think that has a lot to do with like the generations that you're that you're breeding. Um, like a first generation, um, sometimes they'll get a little bit of shedding. And also people don't even know, I think, really what they're actually allergic to sometimes. Sometimes it's actually the saliva. Mm-hmm. or some people are like, you know, the most common thing that you think that you think of is like, you know, the hair. Um, so a lot of that has to do with like how, how they're bred, like, the, and like I said, the generations. And if you don't know what that is, it's just basically, um, like how the ratio of poodle to the golden retriever yeah. or whatever other, have. uh, so the later generations I find usually are let are like more hypoallergenic. Whereas sometimes like in a first generation, sometimes you will get like a little bit of shedding. Um, and some people are allergic to that. Some people aren't allergic to that. So I think the shedding and like the actual allergy factor are kind of two different things. Yeah. So, you know, earlier generations usually get more or if they've not been bred well to where you're actually breeding in more golden or more Bernice or more whatever. A lot of times you'll get like these crazy looking coats that are like, um, like almost wiry. They call it incorrect coat. Um, so you do kind of get a little bit more um, shedding and allergy stuff whenever they're not being bred very well. And what colors do you breed? We breed all kinds of things. So my program, we do golden doodles. We do burner doodles. We do golden mountain doodles, which is one of the newfangled doodle breeds, which is a cross of a golden doodle and burner doodle. Um, and then we also do sheep doodles. So in each each category kind of has different colors. Um, you know, everybody thinks of a golden doodle as just being gold because like, I know Kathy's, um, are, you know, the gold or white. So probably everybody can look at them and think, Oh, it's a golden doodle. Um, but we have some golden doodles actually look like burner doodles that are like the tricolor. Um, we do sable, we do parties. Um, and party is just like, I say, if it's more than 30% white, this party, um, 
We do merles. We do like blue merle. We have some chocolate merle. So we kind of have like a wide spectrum and that all really comes from like the poodle side. Right. Okay. So let's just get into it. One of the things that I, I hate, and this is going to be a long story, but I'm going to try and keep it short. (laughs) Four years ago, I adopted my stepson's dog. He called me seven months prior. Well, probably six months prior um, to tell me that um, Kimberly, what type of puppy food would you feed a puppy if you were to get a puppy? And I'm sitting here like, why are you asking me this? You know, I feed raw. Yeah. You know, so that's just like out of the blue, I get this text message. And so I text him back, like, are you standing in front of a litter of puppies right now? And he's just sort of like, you know, maybe. And I'm like, are you going home with a puppy today? And he was just like, well, I was just sort of looking at it. And I'm just like, your dad's going to be mad. But um, I just, I picked up the phone, we called him up and I was just like, you know, you know that I feed raw, I would feed raw, but you know, you can get some, you know, I told him go to an independent pet store, please don't go to Petco, long story. Anyway, yeah, I made him to make me a promise that if having a puppy becomes too much for you, because he's a young man in college, it's like, if it becomes too much, call us day or night, we will come and get the puppy. And yeah. as I just do not put it in a shelter because I knew he wasn't getting it from a reputable breeder. It was, um, he is a golden retriever, Husky mix, a Goberian. And Newer on me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think it's the dumbest name, but that's what he is. <laughs> and so I posted on social media when we were bringing him in that, you know, Hey, this is the dog, you know, this is how old he is. This is what I plan on doing. You know, I Googled, you know, what am I looking? Actually, I asked Kathy, Kathy helped me find a website to figure out, you know, what could this breed be like, like temperament wise and everything. And so I'm just sharing everything that I learned in my research. I learned that he's called a Goberian. Lord, you would think that I had said that I am going to create my own breed of dog and I'm just going to go and adopt dogs from the shelter before they've been fixed and just start breeding random things and making up names. And that's my new job now. And if you don't like it, I mean, I, it was like, I get posts where I get hundreds of comments like every now and then. Yeah. And that was probably like, I don't know. I'd been doing my blog for close to not quite 10 years yet, but I was stunned. I mean, like thousands of comments yeah. Yeah. and and it wasn't just comments to me. It was like people, it was, it was like a Roman Coliseum where everyone's going for each other. And, and, and it was yeah. insane. I found out that this one blogger doesn't like Kathy. Because, Uh-oh. <laughs> because Kathy has golden doodles. And yeah. I was just like, you know, I was just like, well, then block. Oh, don't mess with me. I don't want to talk to you. Screw you. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, it was insane. And that was four years ago. And I'm still like traumatized by that yeah. conversation. So yeah. I find it fascinating because I still occasionally see the comments come up about doodles and the main comment and what makes me so excited to talk to both of you today. The main comment is that dogs should be bred for a purpose and doodles have zero purpose. So they shouldn't be bred. And I think that that's such a cruel thing to say, because it's just like, who are you to decide who gets to live and who's worth 
living. And I actually, Kathy, I need to tag you in this person's post, but I found, I came across a new um, page where this woman just educates people about doodle. She's not a breeder. She just has two. And she didn't know the controversy behind them when she got them. She just got these cute dogs and loves them. And so now she educates people and she gets such hate comments and hate messages. And I'm like, are you kidding? Okay. So that was my long story short, which was <laughs> long than short. So what I love is that you guys are actually working together to give these doodles a purpose beyond just being adorable family members. And yeah. so I would love to know why, what, what made you go down that path? And I don't know if Kelly wants to start or if Jenna wants to start, but why? You mean just the path of doing the service training? Yeah. Or are you talking about this, them in general? Of the service training. Um, I can kind of start, like we started doing training without, like we've had just like obedience training for what would, what we'd say, Kelly, probably about like three, four years that you've been doing it with us. I've been doing it for three, but it had okay. been going on since before I entered that picture that was already happening. Yeah. Um, and so we had kind of started doing it already and there was just like such a need for it. I think, um, we had just been doing obedience training for people that, you know, like they wanted to get a dog, but maybe they had like, you know, just didn't know how to do the training or, you know, they were too busy with their kids or whatever. So there was this whole need that there was out there. And so we just saw the need and were able to meet it. Cause we had people that knew how to train. Like I knew how to train. Like we were like, well, we can, you know, train these puppies for, for people so that they can have a dog. Cause I think it's so important for people to have dogs. Um, but kind of as time went on, we just kept getting more and more requests for, for therapy dogs and for service dogs. And, um, you know, cause there was a lot of people that like wanted a dog that was going to be able to be smart and be able to learn and do all of these things. Um, but also had like an allergy need that was present as well. So we kind of were like, well, you know, Kelly like has such a background, um, and some of the, she's a speech language pathologist. Um, and so she kind of had some knowledge on that. We had other trainers that had some knowledge on it. So we really started working together with it. And Kelly really has been kind of the one that has taken the bull by the horns a little bit more. So if you, do you want to tell them a little bit more about it? Yeah. Yeah. We actually, we had a little boy who um, he's neurodivergent and most of his needs were sensory based and um, so much so that he even came and touched different um, litters of puppies and their coats because um, some of his need was that they were going to sleep with him. He has struggles to sleep, but he sleeps really well if he's able to sleep with another person, but no one in his family wants to sleep with him all the time. And so they were hoping that maybe a dog could help with that part of things because he needs the pressure. It's the pressure for him. And he has to have like a completely dark room and this fan going and like all, all these things. And they were hoping that a dog could help with that major need because if any of you have ever struggled with sleeping, you know that that then impacts your cognitive development. Yeah. And then if your cognitive development is impacted by that, it also then that can kind of snowball in and mess with things such as your the way that you process your sensory needs, whether that's visually, auditorially, tactily, whatever, whatever it may be. And so he had over the years just gotten worse and worse and worse and worse. And his mom thought, I would love to do some type of a therapy dog for him, but we're going to need a pup. He's never had a dog and he's very averse to certain sounds, um, jumping. Like if 
we had to work really hard with this particular dog on um, putting her, like when she was teething, like learning that we don't put our mouths on humans at all, because for him, that hurts like well beyond what it would feel like for you or for you or me. And so they had this need. And so they came and they touched our puppies and um, Jenna came to me. I, I didn't know anything about any of this. Um, I had just been training for her for uh, a couple of years and she came to me and she's like, listen, she's like, I know what your background is. Would you be open to helping this family? And this is just going to kind of be a pilot and let's see, like, is this something that we can do? Is this a way that we can help families? Is this a service we can provide for people? Because we have people coming in asking about it. And I said, well, I'll, I'll pilot it. I'll see how this works. And it was beautiful. Um, I, I'm still in contact with this family. I had their puppy for 16 weeks. Um, we talk all the time. I'm actually going to meet them on Thursday because they want to, they want to see me and tell me how she's doing. And, um, we're going to meet at mod pizza, which was his favorite place to eat. One of the places that we trained a ton in and, um, they just, they, they were lovely, but what was so beautiful about it is, um, as I was able to work with them because of my background, I also spoke with the mom about the fact that his actually, he has tethered oral tissue, which if you know anything about having a tongue tie or a lip tie or any of those sort of things that impacts your sleep ability, which plays into all the things that he had going on. And so oh. it's, it was just such a beautiful organic process that I was like, oh my gosh, this marries two things that I love. And I already enjoyed the dog training. We would always have a puppy with us and my kids, I homeschool my kids as well. And so they got to do all of that. And then to be able to now do this type of work to actually help a family with needs and connect them with a dog that can fulfill those needs and provide that very solid foundation for them to build on until they can receive you know, further training and certification for me, that was almost like a dream come true. And so I, and, and I enjoyed the personal aspect of it. Like I enjoyed getting to work with them on a weekly basis. Once we got so far into training, I enjoyed getting to talk to them and really be able to be specific to their needs. You know, what did they need this dog for? What did they want? What did they not want? What did they need her to do? What did they not want her to do? You know, that I loved that. And to be able to do that from the point when the puppy is eight weeks old, that was just, that was amazing because yeah. most of the time you get a service dog and they've been with multiple trainers, perhaps, or one trainer or whatever for two years. And you have no yeah. input into what's happened, but they got to have that input, which I think was a really beautiful thing for them and allowed them to build a relationship along the way because they would come and do little field trips or outings with her. Um, to get him used to having her um, along the way. So I just, I fell in love with it. And that's kind of how that happened. Yeah, I love that. So with um, the doodles, are there any common behavior issues that are maybe a little different than other breeds of dogs or is it, it's just a dog? I mean, from my perspective, and Kelly, you can speak to this too. Um, I don't think that there's behavior issues. The only time is that we ever have issues with anything is I think it's honestly because they're too smart. <laughs> like they can out, they can outsmart you a little bit sometimes, um, but typically they're like very easy to train. Like I think they're just like very well rounded. Like I thought my labs were easy to train when as a kid, but adding that poodle in there, it's just like they're like another level 
kind of smart, but Kelly, do you have anything to like add on that? I mean, you have trained more than I have. So, oh my gosh. Yeah. They're very easy to train. Um, some are harder than others and it's actually the smart part of it. The ones that are too smart for their own good is what I always say. They, they decide whether they want to listen to you and they decide whether they want to do what you're going to do. Um, as long as you've created a good relationship with them, they're still really easy to train, but there is that component that sometimes they're a little too smart and I'm like, Oh, this is going to be harder. (laughs) Most of the time they're very pleasing and they want to do what you want to do. Um, doodles want to be with you all the time. And so I would hundred percent not recommend a dog, a doodle of any kind to someone who didn't want a dog that wanted to be with them all the time. Now mm-hmm. mine are okay being by themselves, but some of them like really want to be with you all the time. So service work for them, therapy work for them is beautiful because they get to, it's their highest dream. They get to be with yeah. their people all the time. Yeah. Um, I would say, I don't think this is necessarily a doodle problem, but I know reactivity can be just an issue with any dog. Um, mm-hmm. If you don't know how to train through that or to work with that a very yeah. boring part of training. But um, I would say that's something that comes up occasionally as well. Um, during a fear period, we'll see some reactivity that we have to train through and work through. But the biggest issue is that some of them are too smart for their own good. And yeah. um, having to convince them that your idea is a good idea is their idea. <laughs> We're going that's true. I have a puppy. She's not a doodle. She's a German Shepherd Husky healer mix. Mm-hmm a mutt, um, a very smart mutt and she's 11 (laughs) months old. And it's been, I I haven't had a puppy in the house in eight years. So, um, it's been fun watching her go through the fears. Like, you know, she'll be fine and stuff. And then all of a sudden she's afraid of something. So right now she's afraid of bicycles. And Hmm. so at some point in time today, we have to go out onto a trail where there's a lot of bicycles and just sit there while they go by as I give her treats and celebrate. And, (laughs) um, and I've luckily gotten over being self-conscious when I do things, because I'll be cheering and yay and and stuff (laughs) and doing, and, you know, 10 years ago, I'd, I'd be like, if a trainer was like, this is what you need to do. I'd have been like, what I need to do what? I'll just not take her to where bicycles are. Whereas today I was like, I don't care what these people think. If anything, a lot of them will, will cheer as I, as they go by, but I'm just trying to get her uh, to not be afraid. And it's hilarious because she's terrified of bicycles. My partner is outside on a huge excavator moving because he was chopping down trees. And so he's moving all this debris to create a burn pile. And she's running around the excavator like a maniac. And I'm just like, are you, are we crazy now? I mean, it's like, but a bicycle is terrifying. And it's just like dogs. So when it comes to the doodle world, One thing that I, um, we actually had a conversation. I think this is our first year of this podcast. We did an unintentional deep dive into the doodles that are out there. And we're stunned by the number of people. I feel like people, a a breed gets popular and then someone wants to make a doodle out of it. So um, like, well, I, and I think that that's how I got um, Apollo, I think that because of Game of Thrones, Huskies were very popular. Mm-hmm. Not many people, I, I I don't know. A Husky is a, a tough breed to raise if you're not really committed to 
dealing with this breed. And I think a few people were like, I got it. Let's mix it with the friendliest dog, the golden retriever, and it'll make him a lot better. And so a lot, when people find out that I have this mix, everyone wants to know, is it more husky or is it more golden? And I just say it's both. And they're like, no, no, no. But is it more husky or is it more golden? And I'm just like, literally, it's both. He sheds (laughs) everywhere. He decides what he's going to listen to, what he's not going to listen to. I'm arguing. I'm argue with him and he argues back. He's very vocal. He's also super affectionate, uh, glued to my side, very friendly, loves everyone. He's literally both breeds. So when it comes to your dogs that you're breeding, what do you say? I mean, it has, have golden doodles become truly their own breed? Are they still like, here's the poodle side, here's the golden side? You mean like, as if like they can like stand alone? Like, yeah. is that kind of what you're Can they stand with? alone as the golden doodle now? Because it's yeah. been years. Yeah, it's been years now. And I know it started with the Labradoodle was kind of like the first one. But I think there are some of the doodle breeds that are more recognized and like can kind of stand on their own more than others. Like, like I said earlier, like I get phone calls sometimes from people and like, do y'all have any of this like Dalmadoodle? Like, it's, I'm like, I don't, I don't even know what that is. Like, I can figure it out from like the name, but yeah. there are newer ones that I think people are just trying to popularize. Like, like you were saying with your dog, you know, I'll just, mix a husky with a golden retriever we'll make it do this out or the other i think the golden doodles are one that can really stand on their own i think the burner doodles stand on their own the labradoodles uh the sheepa doodles those are probably the main ones i would say can stand on their own um the golden mountain doodles are kind of coming up as being one that is a little bit more recognized because it's already it's already got a a golden doodle and a great or what burner burner yeah you know, so that was very interesting for me because I took your quiz and I wanted to talk about yeah. your website. One of the things that drew me to you was how detailed your website is. I mean, you mm-hmm. can go on there and probably spend an entire lunch hour, you know, just reading what's going on. So I took yeah. your, your quiz and I felt like I was cheating on Jax because it said that the perfect dog for me was a golden burning mountain doodle. And I was like, no. <laughs> Hopefully you didn't see your results there. I was holding the screen, you know, <laughs> over here. And I was like, no, I'm a, you know, hashtag golden doodle mom. No, no. <laughs> and, I, and I took the test, you know, just very cavalier, like didn't spend a whole lot of time on the answers because I knew what it was going to come out. And when it said, oh, we have the right dog for you. I was like, no, you don't. No, no. (laughs) You're challenging my quiz, I see. Yes, I was. (laughs) But I did go back and do it a second time. Okay. I I did it at home with a different email address and got the same damn thing. So what I (laughs) decided is that I'm a different person kind of sort of from when I first wanted a dog and didn't know anything about dogs and felt that the doodle was the thing that was not going to attack me back, Um, you know, in terms of having a dog for the first time. I I wanted to um, also kind of like piggyback on something that Kelly was saying. I think what makes the golden doodle, and I can only speak for that um, particular combination, I think what makes the golden doodle so unique 
and with the intelligence piece is what I found with all three that I have had, repetitious training is not always required. And I remember mm-hmm. sitting in a seminar with Victoria Stilwell, who I have a silent crush on, but it's not silent because I talk about it all the time. <laughs> I'm a stalker from another country. But anyway, um, one of the things that she talked to me and told me about was that dogs don't necessarily need to be commanded in these um, short phrases. You know, like we we all grew up where we just go sit and we say that like six times, sit. And so she said, there are certain breeds that have a better connection and understanding to the rhythmic patterns of your understanding birds. And then it was okay now to just talk to dogs. So of course, you know, I had to tell her about my dogs. And so I came home and I remember distinctly starting to talk to Jackson and Harley. And then people started to look at me really differently. Then I started losing human companionship because I think <laughs> people thought I was crazy. But to yeah. this day, Kelly, I can just talk to Jax like I'm talking to you. Um, hey, Jax, I'm going outside. I'm going to be all right. Just stay on the porch. Don't go anywhere. And that's what exactly what will happen. But he's hearing things like stay on the porch. Don't <laughs> go anywhere. So they're able to pick those things up in the language. And that, as I continue to work with dogs in the therapy program, I find myself having these conversations with other doodle parents and they're finding it's the same thing. So you're right, that intelligence with the poodle. And I I feel for the poodle people, their dogs have been pimped out pretty pretty aggressively over a short period of time. Um, when I brought Harley home 14 and a half years ago, it was a phenomenon. Nobody knew about a doodle. You know, mm, they just right. a stuffed animal from like FAO Schwartz to come to life because that's what they all look like. But, yeah. um, but Kelly, my question for you and Jenna on the. But before you go do your question, you cut out a little bit, but you said something about Victoria Stilwell said something about the speech pattern. Can you repeat that again? She talked that she talked about finding out that there are certain dogs, certain breeds of dogs that didn't necessarily need to be command trained with specific one to two syllable words. You know, like you remember back in the day where you would just go sick. Right. Okay. So she started talking about how there are certain dog breeds that understood the rhythmic pattern over periods of time in your um, particular voice. Where they oh, would okay. So grammatic pattern grammatic patterns but the rhythm of the of the the words itself so i can open the door and say hey Jax, um i need to go down to the car um come on but stay on the porch just stay right there he's picking up certain words that he's used to but i don't have to do it with stay say don't go nowhere i can actually talk now yeah on the flip side i'm not going to edit this I'm not going to edit this out. I just wanted to, I just wanted to get grammatic pattern. I just, I've never heard of that before. That's pretty brilliant. Oh, yeah. It's, um, and it, it it's not going to work for every dog. Yeah. It's working in my house. 
Because I have well, it makes sense because you have always been one to have these conversations with your dogs. And <laughs> it makes sense now where you got it from because it it always just works for your dogs. I mean, I have conversations with my dogs too, but it is pretty funny. Um, just how you engage with your dogs is is like nothing other. I, I don't see that with other people. And it's just it's it's and interesting it may, learning where it came from. It may be from the the therapy work too, because I don't want to scare somebody, you know, in a hospital bed, you know, and I go up, you know, go over there. So, you know, we use different terminologies and in my class, I'll say, I'll say, hi, I said, somebody's requested a therapy visit in here. Is it you? Is it, you know, your mom? And then they'll tell me who it is. And I'll say, well, I have Jack's and if you want Jax will go visit. So what Jax hears is Jax go visit. Mm -hmm. But I've put it in a conversation um, form, in a paragraph, if you will, where he's picking up certain words. So I don't have to do that. You know, Jax, go visit. Um, So we we have conversations. The problem is it carries on throughout my entire world. So I do it when I don't need to do it. And that's (laughs) strange. Because they'll say, can I give him a treat? And I'll say, well, I don't know, Jax, you want a treat? Do you want a treat from that lady? I don't know what she's got. Sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, I don't have many human friends. That's why I like to do the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) We'll be your friends, Kathy. We're here. Thank you. Thank you. You know, when we talk about the therapy and the service part, when you are finished and you turn these puppies over to their new families, um, how do they go beyond that for their certifications? We know that a true service dog needs to be um, approved by the ADA so that that dog can then have all their credentials to travel um, and go into places that the average emotional support and therapy dog doesn't do. And then also, when we talk about the term therapy dogs, the definition of a therapy dog we know is to be able to provide therapeutic services for others. Yet you are training therapy dogs. Is it the intent for the family to then go out and volunteer with this dog to help others? And Kimberly's grinning because she's going to say, damn it. Um, no, there's a dog. Huh? <laughs> there's a dog. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I, I'm so basic. <laughs> it's like, yeah, no, it's complicated. A it dog came Bella. on the screen and I lit up. Oh, it was Bella. She's been on the bed behind me the whole time. And Tori's over here. She's right there. I said, <laughs> my Bella's over there. But um, so, I mean, what is their therapeutic purpose for the dog long term? Or are you just giving them all the basics so that when they go for their certification, they'll be, it'll be easier for them to pass their evaluations and observations. Is that what it's for? So we're on our third one. And so the first two were very pilot program to see if it's something that there was a need for, to see if we could even build a program that would work. And everyone's needs have been different. So my first client, they very much want to continue this training and you can do, um, you can do owner training and then become a certified uh, service dog. So there are owner trained service dogs. And so 
essentially for them, I was giving them a very good foundation and a very good introduction to, or the puppy for the puppy, um, to what this, the job would be for them. And then I was partnering with them throughout the time that the puppy was with me Mm -hmm. to help basically help give the, the, the puppy the tools that they would need to complete the work they'd need to do, as well as helping train the family to do what we needed them to do at this point, lay the foundation, and then be able to then grow. Now, this particular first family, they just happened to live here. And so they would come and work with me at, I believe, from eight weeks on, they came every single week. And they would work with me every single week and the puppy. And then we we communicated very frequently about what their needs were, what they were seeing when she went with them and were able to help them have whatever they needed for right now. And then they, once she goes home, will carry that training forward, which is what they've been doing. They've continued to carry the training forward. Um, They needed me to come and do a visit, uh, I guess, probably two months ago after she had been home for just a little while. Um, to help them with some things that were kind of cropping up. And so I was able to then go do that. So that was our very first one. And we were kind of beginning to build the program out. We were just kind of testing it to see, would this work? Would this be something we can do? Because we kept getting requests for people who wanted this sort of thing. The other thing we get a lot of requests for are people who want to have dogs for therapy. And so they want a therapy dog, but then they don't ever do the things that they have to do to have a therapy dog. So, um, our second, my second client, they wanted to have a therapy dog to work in their nonprofit for vets with PTSD. And so for them, it was very different. They did not communicate with me every single week. They did not work. Um, they, they live in West Virginia, so they didn't come here and see him or see her more than once. Um, and so a lot of the work that I did with them was after she went home. Because And it was from a distance. And then they were going to hire a trainer to help integrate everything once she got home. Both Waffles and Daisy, those were the first two. They both were, um, we took the test for Canine Good Citizen before they went home. And they both passed that test to go home as a Canine Good Citizen. And so our program is in its infancy. We are just starting it. I have our third one right now who I just got last week. And he's for... Um, a lady who lives in California and she wants her, him to be a companion for her, go to movie sets with her, um, fly with her and all of, basically she wants this puppy to be with her or eventually dog um, all the time. And so she actually have a very specific list right here of very specific things she wants me to introduce him to make sure he has exposure to from a very young age so that as he comes into her life, he's able to integrate as seamlessly as any puppy that age can integrate into um, life with someone. And so we'll continue to work on a weekly basis as we go through and, and help her help us basically mold this puppy and expose this puppy to what they, he's eventually going to have a life that, or or eventually what his life will look like when he goes home. Yeah. That, that is help? amazing. Yeah, it does. That is like, wow. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> that it's is very really custom. Cool. That's the thing I think that's so special about it is it's so custom. And Kelly's been able to like really customize the training to every person's need. Because anybody that's going to do any kind of therapy 
work or training, it's all going to be different. And we get, you know, tons of applications for like therapy, but all of them are like just all over the board. So having Kelly being able to like speak a little bit more specifically to some of those issues has been really helpful. Um, And then also for us, like Kelly takes them when they're eight weeks old, but even before that, like our program is a little bit different in that we start doing personality testing with puppies when they're like two days old and starting to like expose them to things, starting to socialize them to things so that they're not afraid of things like a bike, you know, whenever they're 11 months old. Uh, so, and then also like we can, we get these people's applications early on and we can, you know, and if it's a person that's going to do the therapy program, I'll send it to Kelly and be like, Hey, this is, this is the client. This is what we're looking for. And then she'll usually jump on a call with them too. So she's very active also in, um, helping actually select the right puppy for that client specifically. So we know it's a person that needs like a, a more high energy dog for like whatever the work they're going to do is we'll have like a litter of 10 and we'll have like, okay, this is the one that's most active based on all their tests. We've got, I swear, I'm actually over here today and that's why I'm on my phone <laughs> um, doing matching for clients for the puppies and what, you know, what their specific needs were. And we just matched one for another person that's doing just, it's just obedience training. Mm-hmm. Um but that's just like another piece of it. There are like so many things that are like in the puppies, just personalities that we see from the time they're like starting to be like, you know, two days old. Um, and we see them just grow every week so much and change so much. So by the time that we even match them to the therapy client that we're working with, you know, we know which puppy is the most relaxed, like what's going to work the best. And Kelly will go over and work with um, our puppy raisers on what you know, would be the best fit for like each specific client. So it's super custom, which I think is yes. really special. I love the idea of basically matching a client with a puppy. Um, yeah. I've only, I've only had rescues, but I have had someone do that for me once. Um, mm-hmm. when I got, when we got our first dog, Rodrigo, who's still with us, I got excited and was like, I want a second one. And so, um, the rescue selected the puppy that would be coming home with Rodrigo. And huh. she was my heart dog. She was my soul. And I mean, it was like my partner used to say that if you were a dog, you would be Sydney. I mean, we mm-hmm. were two peas in the pod and yeah. um, she was perfect. And there's just, there was no training. There was, I mean, I could just talk. I mean, everything, we were so in sync. It was astounding. And I've never had quite that connection with a dog since she left. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, there's something so valuable in that. And speaking of that, what's your contract like? Because that's the thing that I'm always so fascinated by is mm-hmm. that, you know, if you're working with a reputable breeder, they're going to have this contract that you're going to have to sign and these rules that you're going to have to follow. So what yeah, are yeah. some of the things that if I were to come to you because I want a puppy, what am, what are you going to be like? Well, this is what you got to do. Um, it, it's not so much like what you've got to do. Like, you mean on the front side or the back side, like before you're allowed to take a puppy home, you have to sign this contract that says, yeah. yeah. So with that, um, our contract, it just has like some, it just has some like basic rules for like the puppies, um, protection more than anything. Like they have to go to the vet within five days of, of pickup so that, you know, there's anything wrong, you know, they have that stuff. Uh, we have a non-breeding clause on there for obvious reasons. Um, if they breed the dog without permission, then, you know, they have to pay a fee or like there's, there's some stuff on there about that. Um, we do have like a genetic health guarantee too, which is, you know, industry standard amongst, amongst breeders that are like reputable. 
Um, so if there's anything that comes up that was like a genetic abnormality or something that then protects the client of being like, you know, just to give them some peace of mind, like if they, if something happens to their dog that we could have known or we could have prevented, then like, it kind of is like, well, you know, we'll take responsibility for that. Um, it's never happened for us, but really, um, it's just, it's just for the client's peace of mind. Cause we do all the testing and stuff beforehand. Um, and then the rest of it, I'm, I'm, it's funny to me that you're interested in the contracts because I mean, like, that's the most boring part of this whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> I just love how serious it is because, you know, I I grew up in a time where so-and-so down the road just had puppies. You want a puppy? Yeah. Whereas, yeah. and then today it's like a contract where, you know, because with my rescue that I'm on the board of directors of a rescue, part oh, cool. of our contract is that if something happens where you can't keep your dog, you call us. Oh yeah. And, we have that and, too. Yeah. And it, we will get, and we have, we stay on the, um, the microchip. We're yeah. part of that. And for, so if our, any of our dogs end up in a shelter anywhere, mm-hmm. if they scan it, they have our information to say, Hey, we got one of your dogs here. And, uh-huh. and I just, I think it's so, um, kind of fascinating just how things have turned around over the past, you know, 40 years when it comes yeah. to how we interact and, and treat, you know, dogs. Yeah. I mean, all of our contract, we do have that same, we have a rehoming clause. Like if you need to rehome your dog for any reason, um, they have to come back to us. Like, you know, we will take them back. No questions asked because people, you know, feel bad, like about having to do it. And I just tell them, it doesn't matter to me, like why you have to return them. What I care about is getting the dog back so it can be somewhere that is safe and happy. Like I, and like we had one come back, I don't know. It was like probably six months ago now. And it just like, wasn't a good fit for the family. There was nothing wrong with him. Nothing like that. Um, They just got like kind of overwhelmed by it, but we just kept him. And like, we kept that puppy for six months until we found the right home for it. And we, that's what we'll always do. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know. You know, I think that's somewhat standard amongst breeders that are going to be somewhat reputable. Um, like I, I just can't stand the thought of like somebody sending one of my puppies to the shelter because like they couldn't handle it anymore or whatever. Um, so they do have to come back to us too. I'm trying to think if there's anything else that's like interesting about our contracts. Um, (laughs) is there any other questions you have about it that like, I no, think I think that was pretty much it. I had one more question, but I, it completely escapes me. But hopefully, it'll come back before we end. Oh, gee, I thought you went. I thought you went ill prepared, and you didn't have your questions. I know, right? <laughs> All of a sudden, every time she speaks, questions come flowing out of my head. I'm just like, oh, I want to know this, and I want to know this. It's just, it's kind of to me, it's really kind of cool. I mean, I just. I, I love this breed. I mean, I, I, oh, there, there's my question. How do you deal with the hate or do you even oh, get yeah. it? Oh yeah, we get it. <laughs> um, and actually, I think it's actually gotten a lot better over the years because like the credibility of our business and our website and all of those things has like gone up so much. So I think like, you know, when we were first starting, it was a lot more, I actually just got an Instagram message like yesterday that was like, what kind of idiots are y'all like breeding these doodles? Like, you know, there's plenty of dogs in the shelter or like, and we get that, you know, somewhat regularly. And it's just like, I think in early on, it used to affect me a lot more, but now I just am like, you know what? 
I think rescues are great for a lot of people. Like I'm, we are totally yeah. behind rescue and that's, it's a hard tension to be in, I think, oh, yeah. um, because yeah. people think it's like breeders or rescues yeah. and like yeah. the breeders get blamed for everything that's ever wrong with anything. And like, I think there are breeders that should you know definitely not be breeding. Um, but we do get a lot of that. I think at this point, like, I just kind of let it roll off my back and I'm just like, Oh, thanks for your opinion. Like, <laughs> I understand. And that's just kind of it. Cause it's not worth the argument. You're yeah. never going to win. It's just, it just is what it is. And like I said, we've had a ton of people that we will send to, um, there's one rescue, um, in North Carolina that I think is really good. I, I work with a lot whenever I worked at the vet up there. Um, it's Carolina poodle rescue. Um, I don't know if anybody's listening that, you know, knows of them, but I actually saw that they had a post up a couple of days ago that was, um, they had gotten like 30 dogs or something from, a breeder or somewhere, I think it was a breeder that had like realized, you know, the market isn't what it used to be and all this stuff. And they had sent the dogs back and they were so good about it. They were like, you know, there was nothing wrong with the dogs. They just like, they didn't have the market that they thought they were going to have. Cause post like, I don't know how much y'all know about it, but during COVID it was insanity for us as a breeder. Um, like it was, we couldn't, we couldn't have had enough puppies if, you know, everybody was just buying. And I think a lot of people also at the same time saw opportunity. They wanted to be home. You know, they just paid a couple thousand dollars for a dog and they were like, I could do this. Like, and now a couple years later, all those dogs are old enough. And so we're getting, I are seeing all kinds of things with like the market turning and you know a lot of breeders are having to like relinquish some of the dogs they thought they could breed to rescues and stuff because they just don't they didn't know what they were getting into Mm -hmm. um but yeah I mean there is a lot of tension and it's just one of those things like I just try to tell people because we get you know mean comments on our blog and stuff like that and you know why why are you doing this and even if I like write back a response that is like well thought out and say like, this is, this is why, like we were behind rescues too. We've sent a lot of money to rescues. We've done all kinds of things with rescues too, because there's a, a place for both. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, people just don't respond or they're just like, well, whatever you suck anyways. Yeah, <laughs> so, exactly. Well, and know. it's, I guess my final question for me at least is what are your thoughts on the mal doodle? Because I'm still like, one thing that (laughs) Kathy and I have in common is we love the Malinois, but we are also aware that we are not the humans for that breed. But when we found out that someone had actually had the audacity to make it into a doodle, I was just like, do you even know what you're doing? Well, I'm glad you said that it was, you love the Malinois because I wouldn't even know what the Maldoodle is. (laughs) (laughs) That's a new one on me. Like I said, people call me all the time and are like, what about this type of, you know, this doodle, that's, that's a new one on me, but I can assume it's similar to the, whatever they call it, whatever the German shepherd doodle, shepherd doodle, I think is what that one is. Yeah, it's a shepherd doodle. But you know what? I still think, because one time I looked up and I think they were, and this is last year, there was 63 different types of doodles. And Kimberly and I went down the rabbit hole and started looking them up. But, you know, like, I think there's that one and done, like somebody gets this bright idea to do this. And then when it doesn't take off, it's still listed as something that has been done, but not necessarily does it make any sense. Yeah. I think one of the most, you know, of all of the things that are out there um, about the doodle, I think the one thing that 
people need to be very upfront and honest about. And this goes back again to Kelly. Because doodles are smart, and it doesn't mean that if you have a different dog that your dog's not smart. That's not what I'm saying. But there, we do know if we've been around them that there's something very unique about them. But it, you have to pay that price because these dogs must be in your presence nonstop, constantly, um, at least the first 18 to 24 months. Yeah. <laughs> Mine's down there. Um, constantly. It is how they are created and they absorb so much of who you are. It's almost like AI-ish because then all of a sudden they are in tune and in step with everything that you do. And I'm, I'm in a point right now, a chapter in my life where I am watching Jack's um, be so therapeutic to me. It is insane. I watched it during the pandemic when we were just kind of on, on lockdown, but he has been so attentive in such a different manner that you, it's, it's almost frightening, but it's because that they've been um, so in tune. I love the therapy concept. Um, we'll talk offline, Jen, and see how I can help you. I do know that I am receiving more and more calls from people thinking that I have this treasure trove of clients. I know I sent one to you already. Yeah. Uh, And that was, um, that was for a dear, dear friend who unfortunately, you know, passed away once the dog was about six months, but he did have six months of joy with this dog. So I will continue if I get the calls to send them your way because Everybody doesn't have the time um, or the patience, you know, to to do this on their own, especially if they're dealing with somebody that has therapeutic needs. Right. So you've taken that responsibility off of their lap by having a Kelly who um, (laughs) could do that. But before we go, because we we're we're out of time now, I did want to ask one last question, and that is in terms of the hate. Can you speak from your professional perspective on why you think there's such disdain for something so incredibly fluffy and spicoli-ish that (laughs) makes you just want to love on these creatures? Why is everybody, not everybody, but why is there such a large population of people that get so bothered by these dogs? You know, I think it's, um, I don't think it's just the doodles. I think it's like the people that are um, like just super avid rescue only people. I don't think I, I've seen it with other breeds that aren't just doodles. I think it's just like, they just have, have such a passion and they feel like so strongly about the rescue community. They're going to, it's, it's going to go to anybody that's a breeder. Um, I think it's been focused on the doodle breeders because the doodles are getting so popular now so that's like one of the the things that's like oh it's the doodle breeders now they're the ones that are taking all these things and like they're taking the breeding world by storm so a lot of it just gets focused on the doodle breeders um but now i see the french bulldogs are getting so popular so i'm sure it's going to shift to them probably at some point i think i don't think it's just just the doodle you know community of breeders i think it's just most just breeders in general because i think they're just seen as the problem um 
I mean, I think it's probably a little bit easier to not hate the doodle people because they are so cute and fluffy because like, really, like, how can you not like, I can run across a person when we have a puppy out socializing or something that is like, you know, I could know who they were or something and know that they were like an avid rescue person, but you better believe they're going to come up and be like, can I pet your puppy? It's so cute. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, so yeah, I mean, I just don't think it's like specific only to us. It's just focused right now. Well, thank you, both of you. Um, I don't think we gave you a proper introduction because we were so excited, but I will say <laughs> if you're interested in learning anything more about any kind of a doodle, um, Jenna Lee, Designer Doodles, will have your website, of course, um, you know, in the, the notes that Kimberly so cautiously and expertly puts together with that Um <laughs> I, I want you to take a look at her website, no matter where you live outside of the Carolinas, because what I also think is so incredible is that they will actually um, transport your puppy to yes. wherever you are in the United States. They will, and I mean, they will fly um, with your puppy <laughs> and get your puppy to you and hand it to you. Um, so a wealth of information to include the quiz that I may take a third time. <laughs> so it told that, me that I was supposed to have a sheep doodle and I have two golden doodles and I was like no that's wrong, that's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> you chance, would you kind of like filter me out of your your database so I can go back in I don't have a two <laughs> but thank I'll, you I'll we would love to get you to come back on um yeah. and um and and then we'll talk again but it was great to talk to both of you yes thank yes, you so thanks much. For yeah, it was fun. It was great. See, you did you did well. You did well. <laughs> right, we try. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. Bye. All right. We'll talk to you later. Bye. Okay. Bye. Thanks, guys. Hey, that was great. That was great. I told you that's really super ladies. Super yeah, ladies. they were. Oh my gosh. That so that I just want, I want a golden doodle. I want, I, I'm going to put it out there. I want one. One yeah. came into our rescue recently and it will, and it's not common that we get a golden doodle or any type of doodle in our rescue. Um, I think over the years that I've been on the board, I probably can count the number that we've gotten in our rescue on one hand. Um, and it's not five because <laughs> um, and we're getting dogs all the time like yeah. and it, we're over but, we're you know, it's she's got the Carolina doodle then there's the international um, I dog doodle organization rescue so there's um there are a lot of groups that act like a a one stop for um, doodle owners to ensure that they don't go into rescues because you have so many families that want to foster mm-hmm. um, but you know what stands out in this entire podcast episode with me now Hmm. who doesn't like me (laughs) oh (laughs) I don't remember her name she's another blogger and I can't even and she has little dogs and I'll have to look her up don't call her up I don't want to know but um but yeah this was years ago she doesn't she doesn't because I don't agree with um doodles and and doodles being bred and so i you know and i was just like all right fine by me bye, Ooh, Girl, bye. 
Um, but yeah, our the doodles, if 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 they come into our rescue, they are snatched up so fast, it's not even funny. Nope, it's not. It and is. they don't come back. They are, you know, I mean, we stay and we stay in. Ah, that was the question I wanted to ask is if she has groups so everyone can stay in touch with each other. Because I always love that because, you know, staying in touch with um, Bella's siblings is so beneficial because, you know, we can compare notes on their behavior, on health and all kinds of stuff. We 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 know what everyone weighs and it's been kind of fun tracking all of the dogs together. Well, you'll have to put that on your post-it for next time. Yes, I will. Well, thank you, my friend. This was a fun episode. Well, you are welcome. And I'm going to make you jealous because I'm headed out to a seafood bash. Oh, I am jealous. Oh, I was just thinking yesterday, I want some fried oysters. Well, I won't eat those for you. Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> but I will have a crab leg or two. Well, bye, Gracie. Good night, Gracie. <laughs> <laughs>